You're listening to Not So Live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein, bringing you the spooky list in a spooky season of spookiness. With me in the booth, as always, is... So I've been thinking about it. I think Mike the Ghoul runs off the tongue a lot better than Ghoul Mike. So we'll oh. say Mike the Ghoul from now on. Oh. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing good. So today we are going to be, because you know, it's, it's, it's October at this point. Well, it will yes. be when this podcast rolls anyway. Um... It's October at this point, and that means it's the spooky season. I mean, we've been mm-hmm. doing horror movies this whole time, but I think feel like we really need to get into it now. So, yeah. to kick things off for our spooky season, uh, my ghoul Mike, Mike the ghoul, <laughs> I don't know, I, I'm torn on this. Uh, the Crypt Keeper and I have decided that we're going to track the 10 best horror movies of all time. And this is, of course, our list, which means everyone else in the universe is going yeah. to disagree with us um <laughs> <laughs> right full disclosure we each have things on each other's list that would have been on the other's list if the other one didn't have it on the list so well lists. so so we can do your list or we can do my list or whatever or mm. consider your list the second 10 or i don't know the thing yeah. about it is is that i listed honestly 16 of them yeah. um primarily because i had 10 movies that i felt really qualified as horror and then right. I had another six that I liked that I'm like, well, they're horror, but they're also something else, but they're not. And for one reason mm-hmm. or another, they didn't feel like they were proper entries. I don't know. Yeah, you, you had one on there I thought is like a very special movie, too, that could very easily be in the top ten, honestly. So <laughs> one of those subverted a lot of my expectations when I saw it. <laughs> well, let's go over my list of the honorable mentions, and then we can do your list. Okay. Um, so my honorable mentions, I think, honestly, would start probably with Evil Dead 2. Like, mm-hmm. the first Evil Dead was meant to be a horror, and then other movies have come out in the series that have definitely been more horror or more comedy, but Evil Dead 2 is a fantastic film, and don't anyone at me about this, uh, <laughs> but it's definitely horror comedy over just straight horror. Yeah, and, you know, Ash, you know, doing his thing, um, you know, with the the... the arm with the chainsaw and everything like it's just very much more slapstick but some great horror in there at the same time it's a quality movie there's that sequence where he goes a little nuts in the cabin because the cabin's driving him crazy and like the deer starts laughing and the clock starts laughing and heat starts laughing and it's both completely silly but Mm -hmm. at the same time really kind of creepy too yeah it's it's just a good movie it fits right in Mm -hmm. slither I love this movie, this this James Gunn horror alien campy film. But it's <laughs> for the first hour or so, it at, despite some horror sequences, it's very much a comedy. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really hit that like horror element you said to like the third act right there, and then mm-hmm. it does get like a lot of like you know body horror and a lot of just like nasty <laughs> everywhere. Like it gets really fun at the end there. It's a really good movie. It's better than I thought it would be. It's not mm-hmm. the one that subverted my expectations on your list yet, That's but fair. it definitely That's was fair. a very good movie. I like this one quite a bit as well. I like it a lot, but it does it definitely has actors that are playing two type and not playing against type like nathan fillion basically was is playing not that different from captain mal on firefly which is yeah action hero comedy kind of guy not really the straight man but kind of forced into the straight man sometimes it's it's his kind of movie with a james gunn trauma kind of vibe to it so it's Mm -hmm. it's horror but it's not really horror right yeah fright night (laughs) 2011 Mm-hmm. I love this movie. I actually like it. I, I know you're in disagreement with me because you, you have a list. Um, <laughs> but I actually like this movie better than The Fright Night from 1985. We will discuss, fear not. Um, yes. 
David Tennant and Anton Yelchin play a perfect duo together in this film. And mm-hmm. just the, the the guy who plays opposite them, whose name you told me yesterday and I've already forgotten again. Colin Farrell. Thank you. Colin yeah. Farrell is a fantastic vampire villain here. Do they overuse CGI a little much? Yes, they do. Is mm-hmm. it very much more of a comedy than a horror? Yes, it is. But I'd make the argument so is the 1985 but it's really it's the it's between the good villain and the pairing of the two together and their comedy like dynamism that I right. really just enjoy. I I'd like this one too. Like it's I always felt like the original one just scared me so much more as a kid. And well, I I kid. recently exactly I, I rewatched it recently because we came up with this list and I was mm-hmm. like it's 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 good. It's fine. The original's good. It's amazing. Still, I enjoy it. I think you're I think you're right. I think the 2011 one's just a touch better. <laughs> With that said, both of the Fright Night 2s are complete garbage, so skip both of them. Yeah. Don't bother. (laughs) Reanimator is one of my favorite movies. It's... Mm -hmm. I don't... Like, okay, I'm twisted. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I... Reanimator has creepy moments, but it's like they're all played as punctuation to a really, really dark joke only you and the director are in on together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I consider it a comedy with horror elements, even more so than some of the other ones on this list. I think it's fantastic. It's a great reinvention of the whole concept of Frankenstein. But mm-hmm. Herbert West is so much just this sarcastic, like, deadpan prick that it just can't <laughs> be anything other than comedy. Yeah, I got to watch this one again. I remember mm-hmm. seeing it as a kid and having fun with it. And you brought this up a couple times. And mm-hmm. I filed this one away as like a rewatch. And I'm going to do that. I do think it's a, it's a good movie. I remember it a lot. Um, but I'm not fresh on exactly mm-hmm. what happens in it because it's been a while. But I'm going to watch this one again. And I do trust your judgment when oh, it comes you. to such a thing. Yeah. I, um, I will note, and I think I've noted this in the podcast before, there's two different cuts of the movie. There's the R-rated cut, which yeah. had to stitch in a bunch of fo- uh, B-roll footage that or not B-roll, but deleted scene footage that they mm-hmm. felt wasn't good enough for the actual movie, but the studio needed to put it in there because they cut way too much of the actual movie out. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting. I think the unrated cut is better, but it is interesting to watch both versions just to see all the plot lines at play. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Ready or not, was this the one you were talking about? It's actually the next one, but this really? one was quite wow. good as well. Wow. Yeah, and, and and we'll get into your next one mm-hmm. on the list as to why, because like, it, but anyway, we'll cover that. This one's very good too. It's really um, good. I it reminds me a lot, almost of like uh, another kind of dark horror-ish comedy that came out recently called The Menu. Uh huh. Oh um, God, you, yes. You know, like I felt that could have been on oh, our that list. Should have been on my list. Yeah. Fuck. It, it's really good, but this is that kind of like dark humor comedy <laughs> that really speaks well when done right, and that's this is definitely an example of that. It is. It's dark humor, dark comedy, definitely speaking on the whole like poor versus rich, have versus have not. Uh, there's yeah. a lot, a lot of at play in the story. Um, but I think the other thing that I think is like, it's an interesting inverse of the whole trapped in a house kind of thing. Usually it's like a large family that's taken out by one or two people. And this one's kind of the inverse where it's one person trying to be taken out by the whole rest of the family. So <laughs> right. it's, it's, it's curious and I like it, but it also is just really dark and funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And then the cabin in the woods, which is so this movie I love. This yeah. one has a I, I think of it like the Predator, the first mm. one, 
or from dusk till dawn. If you stop the movie at just the right spot, go take a bathroom break, grab some popcorn, maybe grab a soda, spend 15 minutes away, and then come back, you're going to feel like you suddenly wandered into a completely different movie. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) This movie, like, I didn't bother watching it at first because Mm -hmm. this just struck me as, like, every other horror movie we'd seen for the last 10 years. And the fact that, like... (laughs) But the fact that goes self-aware in it makes it so good for Mm -hmm. me. Like, Mm -hmm. I I love this movie, too. I adore it. It's fantastic. It's a great inversion because it has a weird plot line running over top of, like, these guys working at an industrial facility. And they're kind of controlling the horror that's going on to this group of campers that shows up at a cabin in the woods. So it plays Mm -hmm. with the evil dead idea it plays with like this weird subversion of like business types and so forth there's a lot Mm. going on and then it all builds to something and then it just completely turns on an ear it becomes this absolute out and out horror gore fest and that's when the movie sings (laughs) it's so much blood everywhere (laughs) at the end of that movie like it's good there's some really good death in between there like when Mm -hmm. uh chris hemsworth you know, motorcycles into the hidden wall. Like, I never saw it coming, and it was so good. And you knew it was coming, you if you remember the bird yep. flying into it yep. earlier in the movie, but you forgot in the moment, and then it happens, and you're like, oh, man, that's so good. And just, like, little things in that movie were just fantastic. So much evil in that movie. Mm-hmm. I love it so hard. But yeah. it is also a Joss Whedon, Drew Goddard movie, which means it's horror comedy. And, like, that bloody sequence at the end, that whole last act, I was mm. laughing the whole time. I know I probably shouldn't have been, <laughs> but I was. Yeah, it was funny. It, <laughs> it was, was funny. Really funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's do your list um, because you said that my list had like all kinds of stuff on it that you probably should have put on yours. So let's do mm. yours and then we'll get back to my actual list. Okay. So like starting out here, one of the movies recently that I thought was fantastic and didn't see coming was Get Out. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this was just really good. Um, the, the twist of like, you know, how they're taking souls and putting them in other people's bodies and everything. It just the family being like so Stepford creepy the entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the, the heel turn by the daughter at the end, which is yes. so good. It, it's just this movie worked on a lot of levels. It was a uh Key, but Key from Key and, P- Key and Peele, I think this was his direct or Jordan Peele's director. Jordan movie. Peele, yeah. And it was, I didn't see it coming. This dude does so much comedy, and this is just mm-hmm. a really well thought out, well written movie. There's a lot of good overlap between comedy and horror, which, I mean, look at the list that we just said were only honorable mentions right there. Right. Get Out is definitely not a comedy, it has mm-hmm. a few comedic jokes here and there, but it's. Sure. it's social commentary mixed with a lot of horror. It didn't gel for me when I first watched it. I probably need to watch it again. But that's also Mm. because, like, I had everything about the movie spoiled for me, except for the heel turn by the daughter. And, man, she's great. Mm. Um, Yeah. We've covered her before on this podcast, and she's wicked evil. But Yeah, yeah. Like... I, I, like, I like the ambiance, and I think the characters were good. I need to watch it again to just get into the story and just kind of enjoy it for what it is. But mm-hmm. I don't I don't debate it being on this list. I do think of the three that I've seen from him, Get Out, Us, and... Um, fuck is the third one? The one with the weird alien. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't remember the name of it. That's, it just that's, came the, out title. that's the title now, the one with the weird alien. Um, yeah. Of the three, I think Get Out is his best. Yeah, I would say so. His other mm-hmm. ones are pretty good. I didn't see the most recent one, but I mean, I feel like he does a lot of that same, you know, he'll subvert your expectation in the movie. And He's and got I, a, a very M. Night Shyamalan kind of yeah. need for a twist, mm-hmm. which I think is going to get tiresome eventually. 
Um, yes. I think it almost did get tiresome with the, uh, the his third film, whose name I can't even remember, which should tell you something about it. Um, like, <laughs> it wasn't bad, and I, I enjoyed the characters, and I joined it in the moment, but it didn't mm-hmm. suck me in the way, like, Get Out did, or, like, the first two-thirds of Us did. Right, so, right. Yeah. So, the next one I had on here, and I put this on here because mm-hmm. you already had an alien movie on yours that I mm-hmm. would have put on here, is uh, A Quiet Place. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this was just really good. John Krasinski and Emily Blunt are fantastic. I remember seeing the the trailer for it before it actually came out, and I didn't know what it was even going to be. And then, like, when you saw the movie, it really had this just – the silence throughout the whole movie just really dr- – makes you just uncomfortable the whole time, which is something that I thought was really well done. It is. It's a good film. It, um, this is another one where like the basics of the movie were ruined for me before I got in, but it didn't like Mm. really kill it for me necessarily. Mm -hmm. This one is all about mood and ambiance the whole way through. It's like hard. Yeah. Yeah. The monsters don't show up until like the last third of the last act (laughs) and up Mm -hmm. until, well, except for maybe like brief glimpses here or there, but like the whole point of it is just the, the building terror like it's not hitchcockian but that's the best the kind of thing i can feel about it like that that sense Mm -hmm. of just use the space to create horror even Mm -hmm. before like anything actually happens yeah then the the, they're menacing creatures too when Mm -hmm. you do see them they're definitely like creative and like the Mm -hmm. the uniqueness that they are they don't look like any alien that we've seen before for the most part so i can buy into that as being like you know definitely very spooky and creepy absolutely the sequel only okay. Yeah, it's it's fine. The it's first fine. one's way better. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, next one I got on here, and I'm a big fan of this one. It's got to mm-hmm. be the um the the French one, I think, too. Is let the right one in. The Isn't vampire. It, um, not Swedish. Uh, Norwegian. So that Norwegian. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's, like it's, one one of those languages. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be that one though. There was mm-hmm. another version that was done not long after this one that was American. Now the mm-hmm. the. The Norwegian one is so much better. It's very gory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the little girl is like, you know, adorable and insanely creepy at the mm-hmm. same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a very quality vampire movie done. I know you're a fan of vampires, so mm-hmm. I was curious how you would how you felt about this movie. Oh, as I well. like both of them. I've heard the TV series they did based on this was ass, so I haven't even bothered trying to pick it up. But mm-hmm. um, I would agree with you. I think the the Norwegian Norwegian. Um, it's, it, it's a foreign language I can't identify. Uh, right. I think the Norwegian version is probably slightly better of the two, although I do have a special place in my heart for the U.S. one because it's one of the first films that the revived Hammer Studio is doing again. Uh, they mm. did, like, Woman in Black, and they did this one. And it's like, oh, Hammer's back, yay! <laughs> so as, as a fan of classic horror, Hammer has a name that I just I recognize. It's great. Right. So I, I like both of them. I do think you're right. This one's slightly better. But, of course, it's also the thing of can't, if I want to just sit down and, like, have it playing while mm-hmm. I'm doing something else, which I almost always do, unless it's a new movie that I'm trying to just watch for the first time, I'll mm-hmm. probably put on the American version just because I can, like, yeah. get, get this, through the this... beats. The subtitles, like you'd have to follow it. Have Don't it. watch it. Yeah. yeah, you have to use the subtitle. Mm-hmm. Don't do a mm-hmm. dub one if you're yeah. going to do the foreign language one. Yeah. Uh, so I get that. Yeah, I'll buy yeah. that. Yeah. So. All right. Next, I mean, this is classic, and I think belongs on here too. Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you say the name, and you pretty much know everything you need to know. You do. I struggle to consider this true horror. It's more of a thriller for me, and I know I'm being pedantic with my, my groupings here, but <laughs> if I was to put this on a shelf at Blockbuster, i put it in the drama section, not the horror section. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could buy that. And again, mm-hmm. like this one goes on there, you know, because there's there's you know one or two on your list, like the thing I wanted mm-hmm. to put on here. You know, yeah, but of no, course, of course. You know, 
But like, so let's put Silence of the Lambs on here. It's quite good. Anthony Hopkins, uh, mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, you know, just just so good. Jodie Foster, fantastic. Uh, Ted Levine, you know, I, I still see him as, you know, the, the the fun, like, uncle cop he played kind of in Monk. I don't see him as Buffalo Bill. Buffalo and when I found Bill, out yeah. he, he was Buffalo Bill later on, it scarred me slightly. <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but I enjoyed watching him on Monk. And now I see him as like, you know, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. I'm like, I'm confused and he's doing that doing that weird sexy dance like yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah. yeah. no I, I get you i get you wearing wearing women's skin that he sews together after killing them like it's, it's some good horror elements but you're right this is much more thriller drama than true horror but i think it has its place uh, I mean, on a good horror list doesn't everyone say that they want a partner that has hobbies and can entertain themselves i mean that's right it's there st- my man can stitch a button i mean come on <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff right there. See, this is why I said I was warped right here. I'm just saying. No, and Silence of the Lambs, as far as the Hannibal Lecter movies are concerned, Silence of the Lambs is far better than Manhunter. Um, yeah. Hannibal was only okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the redo of Manhunter Red Dragon was decent, but you could definitely yeah. tell it was trying to recapture the magic of Silence of the Lambs with Brett Ratner at the c- controls. And, <laughs> no, not as good. Yeah. Not Not bad, but not as good. Hannibal mm-hmm. Rising is skippable. Uh, and then they didn't really get a good version of Hannibal again from Silence of the Lambs until the TV series Hannibal. And they took him in a very different direction. Still creepy as fuck, but mm-hmm. not the same kind of character. Right, right. Yeah, so, no, I, I agree with you. Silence of the Lambs is a fantastic movie. Oscar mm-hmm. winner, very worth it. Mm-hmm. I, I, so... I, I can't put it on the list, but... Yeah, I get you. I get you. <laughs> All right. So next, and I think this is um, this is a really good movie. I remember watching it as a kid again when I probably shouldn't have. Is The Shining? <laughs> uh, I mean, Jack Nicholson is just so good, uh, and you know, Shelley Duvall just has that perfect look of just a a wife in terror the entire time with her her just resting girl face just looks scared or creepy the entire time, and the kid is just. My God, <laughs> is, there, is there a creepier kid in all of cinema than Danny? <laughs> so Stephen King hates this movie because mm-hmm. he feels it butchered the novel that he made, which sure. whatever. It, sure. I am Co- all cocaine I, butchered your novel, Steve. <laughs> cocaine did a lot for Stephen King back in the day, though, man. He that 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 Colombian marching powder helped him kick out a lot of books in a short period of time. Let's be done. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, he hates this one, and I'm I'm of the opinion that when you sell your the rights to a book to someone else, you kind of relinquish a certain amount of control, and you just kind of have to live with whatever mm-hmm. happens in the adaptation. It's no longer your work; it's someone else's work. Your work is on the page. Mm-hmm. So, and there's there's certain books where you're just sitting there going, okay, well, they they took the spirit of it and they did that, and I feel that's the case in The Shining. It's not nearly as bad of an adaptation as, say, The Dark Tower. Uh, which I just reviewed <laughs> oh recently, God. and it's a piece of fucking shit. That's so wow. sad. I had hopes for that, seeing yeah. that, the trailers for that, too, and it was really just garbage. It was absolute. It's not... No, we'll, we'll save that for it. We can go do a podcast on that after yeah. this. I we'll feel. talk about that one, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that one. But, you yeah, know, for what it is, Shining is good. Mm-hmm. It's... I think my big issue with it is it's got 70s pacing, even though it's controlled by Stanley Kubrick. So mm-hmm. the moments of it are incredible, and then there's a fair amount of padding that if I were to have been the editor, I probably would have I would have cut probably about 15 minutes of mood out of that movie if it was just me. 
there, there's three different run times of this movie. <laughs> one hour 19, one hour 44, and one hour 46. I probably <laughs> so, saw the, the one hour 44. So I'm sitting there going, man, the one hour 19 sounds just about right for me. <laughs> <laughs> there, You're not wrong. There's definitely some elements in this movie that can be, you know, you can trim about five minutes of just walking out of the hallways out of this movie pretty easily. Um, and there's definitely some some scenes of just that are dragged out. I get it. Uh, I think that this is just a very classic movie. Uh, in the genre that mm-hmm. I think just it holds up to this day. It's mm-hmm. really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a spot on my list, but your argument is also valid. <laughs> no doubt about that. Oh, look, he's frozen outside. I've been feeling that for half an yeah. hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So so next is um, from 2017. And I also have a special place in my heart mm-hmm. for the 80s, uh, you know, sitcom or the 80s miniseries on TV is the movie mm-hmm. It. Um, I, you know, it, it would have been it. more entertaining if it had been a sitcom, I think, that because the, the miniseries is eh, uneven in places. Yeah, it, it, the miniseries has great elements in the first part of the miniseries. The first and the thing, second yeah. part, yeah, it, 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 it's kind of the same thing that happened with this movie. The, yep. it, the first It from 2017 was fantastic. I saw yes. it in the theater several times. Bill Skarsgård killed it as Pennywise. He did. You know, he did. Tim Curry will always be my original Pennywise, don't get me wrong, but Bill Skarsgård did a hell of a job. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the CGI in that movie was very well done. There were some really good jump scares. Um, you know, when you know Georgie's gonna get it, you're still thinking like they're not gonna show it, and then they show it. <laughs> yeah, wow. Georgie's not coming back from that, guys. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's some real good violence in there. Some mm-hmm. real just cerebral, you know, shit from Pennywise that he just throws at these kids. You know, feeding off their fear. It's it's just a really well done remake. Um, and I'm sad that the second one was not as good part two absolutely shits the bad there's no question about it like the tone is so uneven in the sequel in comparison to the first part which is great and i think okay so the thing is the novel kind of bounces back and forth so you don't recognize necessarily how boring the adults movie is yes but like when it's segmented on its own as a movie the adults are really tedious, and they kind of even knew that because they tried, They had to film a bunch of extra shit with the kids so they could use it later. And they're like, mm-hmm. let's just put some more of the kids stuff in here because, man, we don't have enough real good story for these adults here. And it's, yeah. it's bad. And then Angel in the Morning shows up, and I'm like, what fucking movie am I watching? This is, <laughs> this is garbage here. It's it's the I think it's also just the um, the real consequence that you feel for the children mm-hmm. in the in the beginning of the miniseries and in the the first movie. There's so much less at stake. It feels like when they're adults I want and them to die as adults. You, you're, so, yeah, you know, yeah. you've lived your life. You know, you you you've survived for twenty plus years getting through this Pennywise thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm good if I'm good if you die, but I don't want little you to die. Like yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I get you. Um, all right, moving on here, and I'm. I think this movie, um, I didn't see how violent this one was going to be coming, and I probably should have, was Midsommar. Um, This is just viciously gory um, with with the the way they kill the one guy in the movie there. Have you seen this one? I haven't. Um, It's another one that was spoiled for me a little bit because it's it's kind of a Wicker Man-ish kind of movie. Yes, yes, Um, it is. And I, so I, I kind of wrote it off because I've already seen that movie. I've seen The Wicker Man. I've seen mm, yeah. two versions of The Wicker Man, one of which <laughs> is just absolutely unhinged with Nicolas Cage and is a piece of yeah. shit, but it's still watchable as all hell. Oh right, my right. God. But no, so I didn't, I didn't watch this one, but everyone's like, you need to watch this one. I'm like, oh, now I don't want to because everyone's like, <laughs> 
I think this one, I think I would be somewhat surprised if you came out of this one saying you hated it mm-hmm. just because of some of the, 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 I mean, I, I kind of get you. You like bloody stuff too. There's a mm-hmm. lot of really good bloody stuff in here and yeah. I'm not going to spoil the one kill for you at the end, but like, <laughs> I mean, when they, when they get this kid that had it coming and you kind of like hope he has it coming, whew, it's good. <laughs> Uh, okay, so moving on next uh, is another really good one that I like and, and you know, spooked me out mm-hmm. in my younger years is The Ring. Um, yes. Either one of these are good for me. Um, I think the one that was done uh, the, in 2002 uh, in the USA one is quite good. I think the original, The Ringu, a few years earlier, the Japanese one is also very good. Uh, I think that's honestly kind of strange that the American adaptation could be just as good as the original Japanese one for me when it comes to that kind of thing. But it really does kind of work in this movie. And the, the twist at the end with, you know, the, the kid, like you, you helped her, you weren't supposed to help her. And I'm like, Oh, this, mm-hmm. this was, this felt so good five seconds ago. And now I'm scared again. Yeah, this is, I almost had this one on my list. I'll be honest with you. I mm-hmm. really like this movie, but I had a lot of them that I'd already put on my list. Um, right. And I didn't feel like this was quite as strong. I like the American version better than the Japanese one. The Japanese one feels very low budget and very constrained by its budget. And I'll admit, I haven't watched the sequels or the previous TV series or the later TV series. But there's a lot of adaptations of the Rings, yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, the, sec- the sequel, The Ring Part 2 or whatever it was called, was bad. I didn't even bother watching Rings. Uh, but then, this one on its own, I feel like, is the perfect distillation of the idea, and it is creepy as fuck. It is. It absolutely is. The and, the initial kills in the beginning, mm-hmm. too, like when you see the girl like in the closet and the way her mm-hmm. face is and everything, oh, man. It's, just, it's, it's a really good jump scare with so much good horror and twist and main, like, mangled face right there. It's so good. It is, and it's, it's, it's smart horror design because it keeps the monster hidden for mm-hmm. basically six-sevenths of the film. It's mm-hmm. like, and when it finally reveals exactly what the monster is, not spoiling it, um, that reveal is just scary as shit. Like, that was yeah. a fantastic opening right there for that. So that, like, uh, that, yeah, that the, the movie is wisely made. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and like, it's, it's still just so funny to me to this day that the Samara is actually the voice of Lilo from Lilo and Stitch, too. <laughs> so very different... <laughs> Uh, genres she went down there <laughs> she shouldn't have trusted stitch then no stitch. apparently not yeah. apparently not i mean uh, davy chase i think is her name and like i i don't know my wife pointed that out to me and i was like oh i wow okay <laughs> the crossover we didn't know we needed yeah mm-hmm. so we kind of touched on this next one already a little bit with, with Fright Night. And um, I really liked the 1985 version. Mm-hmm. I remember being as a kid going to my local video store and the box cover used to scare me. Box like, cover's I, really good. Yeah. Yeah. I had nightmares of that box cover when I was a kid. And then the movie was like – it was – I was too young to realize how cheesy and campy in some parts it is upon <laughs> it rewatch. Is. It is. Uh, it, it's very 80s. <laughs> it is. It is. It's, a, it's very much a product of its time. But I mean, there's still some really good horror in there. Um, and Chris Sarandon as Jerry is very good. Um, William Ragsdale as Charlie is, is fine. Um, and, but I mean, I thought, you know, Jerry did a really good job, like, you know, being the vampire he was in the movie. And it's good. But I think I'm going to rewatch the, the 2011 one again and, and, pretty comfortably say that one's a better movie in general well and most importantly it has roddy mcdowell in it 
<laughs> of the right, Planet right. of the Apes series. I mean, how can you not like Roddy McDowell? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah agreed. <laughs> um, and I put this last one on I here, know. honestly, just for you. I know. <laughs> I saw it and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's on there. Yep. I see it. And, yeah. And it's, it's only on here. And you already pointed it out with that 70s pacing. And boy, yeah. if you want to talk about 70s pacing in a horror movie, this is the one for wow. you is, yeah. is The Exorcist. Um, Exorcist, yeah. I just think that for I, I put this on my list because I think it's a good movie. It's definitely slow. It's definitely aged. Um, there's a lot of, you know, church stuff in there that's not up my alley, but it's fine. Um, the thing with this, I just really appreciate what this movie did for the horror genre as a whole, which is why I feel like it has a place on a list like this because of how this really springboarded that like last 50 plus years of horror that we've gotten to be able to watch i think really came from the success of this movie i can see that i don't agree with you but i can see that (laughs) (laughs) this this movie just boards the shit out of me so (laughs) but i knew one of these was going to get on here and i prefer the exorcist to the omen or amityville horror or rosemary's baby no this if any of these are going to be on here it's going to be this one i understand yeah, yeah. Rosemary's Baby is a fine movie. I see that on a lot of lists, and I'm like, that, that's mm, fine. But to fine. me, it's no Exorcist, and I, I'm not going to go out of my way. I will watch this movie this time of year because it is spoopy season. Spoopies. I will not go out of my way to watch this in April. Okay, <laughs> I will go out of my way though to watch, you know, Sounds of the Lambs. So take that for what you will. Sure, sure. So now we get to the the, the list that I made that I sent to you, uh, mm-hmm. not expecting that you would just basically agree with all of it. So this is the list we have now, apparently. Um, This is our list. So at number 10, I'm going to get some flack from people online about this, but at number 10 is not any of the other movies in this series, but Mm -hmm. Prey, the most recent Predator sequel, which Mm -hmm. I honestly think is... Like, I love Predator. It's fun, Mm -hmm. but it's also very much a parody of the action genre of the 1980s. You get all the big muscle-bound guys together, and then you come up with something that can kill them. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the goal of that movie, and it's great. Prey, however, is horror. It's Mm -hmm. action sci-fi horror that doesn't bother trying to play parody at all and just commits to the bit. It feels like a movie. Like, I love the original so much, Mm -hmm. and I had very high hopes for this one when I saw it come out on Hulu or whatever, and I watched it, and I was astounded with how good it was compared to the original. It really felt like they took things that went really well in the original and just improved upon and mm-hmm. did it right for this one. And that's not to say they did things wrong, but no. things that didn't necessarily need to be in there to your point of like, you know, uh, the Arnold and uh, Carl Weathers, you know, fist slap high five and showing the biceps. Like <laughs> we're going to throw that in there because Arnold, um, you don't get that in this movie and it's just a better movie. The plot's good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's fantastic. I really love this movie. It was great. It is great. And I mean, if we're going to have any of these movies on the list, and mm-hmm. you'll see there's another movie from this whole big franchise that I put on here as well, for good reason. Mm-hmm. But if any of these movies were going to be on the list, I feel Prey had to be the one. And for those that are interested, will be coming out on Blu-ray, like, I believe, in October. So Yeah, it's a great movie. That's, that's on my really bus-by list. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know you haven't seen this one unless you've watched it in the last couple <laughs> weeks since we discussed this the last time. Okay, and that's fine. <laughs> I'll probably catch it sometime this month, though, because I'm sure it'll be on TV somewhere over the well, next month. the American version will. But Dracula and Espanol, uh, the the version filmed at the same time as the American version on the same sets with similar costumes and different actors. Um, mm-hmm. This is a like it was a lost movie. They thought that because the, they didn't do this very often, but they did a little bit film in English and a Spanish version with different casts. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and this one is the better mm-hmm. version. It's just absolutely the better version. I don't think the Dracula in it, as we've discussed, is as good. Carlos mm-hmm. Villarez uh, is not as good as Billy Lugosi. Mm-hmm. At the same time, everything else about this movie is vastly improved. So if you're going to watch either of these and you can handle subtitles, then mm-hmm. go with the an Espanol version. If you pick up any version of this movie of Dracula from 1931 on a universal set, this always comes included now because it's just preservation. And I think even Universal's like, yeah, this is a better version, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, no, but this, this, this is a hard recommend for me. Now, another one I feel like I'd get flack for, but I think this is a fantastic horror movie and maybe one of the best from uh, fucking Clive Barker is Candyman from 1992. It's a good movie. Like, Tony Todd is very oh, good. God, uh, yeah, he's really good as, as a horror villain. Um, he, he belongs kind of in that same conversation as some of the greats, I think. It's a good movie. You, you were right to put this one on here. I think the problem is the fact that after the first one, which had, had like, direct Clive Barker influence, they right. then did... Farewell to the Flesh and Day of the Dead uh, for the Candyman series, and both of those were ass. And then the the series just basically went dead for 20 years until they did the most recent one, like, last year. So, Mm -hmm. like, he's an iconic villain, and I feel like he doesn't get the credit he deserves because his two follow-up movies were just trash. Not very good. They just weren't very good. The first one's, it's underrated, and people, you know, see it and kind of give it a a second glance because they're like, oh, the the other movies, it had three movies after it or whatever in a TV Mm -hmm. show. How good could it possibly be? Because I haven't heard shit about it. The first one's good. It's worth it. It, It's got good ambiance, good gore, fantastic Mm -hmm. performance from Virginia Madsen as well, and as you said, Tony Todd, who for the 90s was an iconic uh, horror person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Iconic horror actor, horror person. Mm -hmm. Wow, grammar there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Scream, 1996. I was torn on this. I didn't feel how many slasher movies I needed on here. Um, but we do, We coming up, we have an old guard of the slasher genre. But if you're going to do anything from like the, the 90s reboom, you got to go with the original Scream. I agree. Um, mm-hmm. We did a, a podcast talking about pretty much all Two the screams. And, Two and, and, of them. <laughs> yeah. So th- this one's a very good franchise in and of itself. And the first one's just, it's it's good. It It, it is Wes Craven at some of Wes Craven's finest. Mm-hmm. And and I, I would put this on the list over any Friday the 13th, and you might disagree with me, no, <laughs> which is I, fine. But I, I, I think this, I'd put this on the list over just about any nightmare as well, honestly. Mm-hmm. I got it. I see. I meant nightmare. I do that all the time. You're fine. You you know what I mean? I Um, I knew. But I mean, it's just, it's so good. And you know, the villains are really good. It's the first time we got like that two killer twist a little Mm -hmm. bit, you know, that, that was like a really memorable one for me. It's just, it's a great movie. It is. It mixes a little bit of comedy in, but it uses it to spike the horror instead of it being a horror comedy. Uh, Mm -hmm. it, it It actually uses the conceit of you don't know who the killer is to good effect. And it just does so much well beyond taking the idea of meta slasher from Wes Craven's New Nightmare and refining that idea as well. It's just, it's a perfect mix. Yeah. So for that franchise we were talking about earlier that includes Prey, we of course Mm. have to go back to the beginning and discuss Alien. Yeah, it's... One of my favorite franchises, uh, the, the Xenomorph for me is is either one or two in you know monster villains, I guess if you want to say in all of like movie cinema, he's very good. Um, the Sigourney Weaver gave such a great performance here, and you know I, I think she wasn't even like 
you know, selected, I think, in the beginning to be the one who survived. And it just kind of like worked out that way. Yeah, who they had originally was supposed to be a dude, and then they recast and went with her instead, and they yeah. just rewrote basically almost none of the character, and they just let her do it her way. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was a great decision. I mean, mm-hmm. it gave us Ellen Ripley, and, yep. if, and I mean, you could say the name Ellen Ripley, and probably people know who you mean, yeah. <laughs> and that says something. Yep. So, yeah, no, I, I think this one's great. I think this is probably the peak of the franchise as horror. Because, um, yes. I mean, a lot of lists I looked at for good horror movies had aliens on there as well. But Aliens isn't horror. It's an action movie with horror motifs to it. And yes. then the rest of the franchise just never could figure out how to recapture the glory. Not even the stuff that had Ridley Scott involved again. This mm-hmm. one is just perfection, though. Yeah, we talked about that with, uh, you know, the originals being, mm-hmm. you know, the more horror based and the second ones being the more action based with James mm-hmm. Cameron you know, with Terminator and Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, again, it, Alien itself has much more horror vibes than the action kind of packedness you get of Aliens. And yep. you can put both of them on the list if you want. But if we're going on a horror theme, mm-hmm. you got to put the original on here because that definitely has more just like it's the aloneness of her on the ship at the end there for the last like 40 minutes of the movie. Like, you know, is she going to die? What's going to happen? It's crazy. So now again, I'm pretty certain you haven't seen this next one. Cause you hadn't seen it the last time we discussed horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you had the exorcist on here because possession and those kinds of movies. And if we're going to have any of them, I put Oculus on the list. Cause if we're going to have any ghost style movie in here, I went with this one because this one I actually enjoyed, which is very rare for me. It's not a genre I like. I'm generally bored by ghost stories and possession stories, but this one has some really weird twists to it that I enjoy, uh, mm-hmm. and it, it just works on many levels. Plus, it's got Karen Gill in it, and I think she's great. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I had seen this one recently because good. i saw it was on and i watched it and this one was very good good uh it was really good karen gillen again like you said she's fantastic in almost everything she does mm-hmm. it, it could be it, i can watch her on doctor who still and i would love it hell yeah um so <laughs> she's fantastic and this was a really good movie and the ending was really just like i, I don't want to say it was unexpected because you kind of thought it was going to be something along those lines but still when it comes i didn't see it ending that particular way gut-wrenching uh, yeah it yeah. was it was something um and the look back to see them still in the house and everything like oh it's yeah it's phew, rough it was it's rough and it was it's very rough. well done very well done movie you were right to recommend this one i liked it <laughs> See, quite a bit i'm glad yeah. you took the time to watch it because yeah though I, I i remember you hadn't seen it before but mm, yeah this one's yep. this and i like it does things that other ghost movies don't it's a good reinvention yes. without like just falling into the same tropes yeah, I'd rather mm-hmm. see this one on a list than, you know, Paranormal Activity or, Amity you know, Bob. even even, yeah. Amity, or even like The Babadook, which is a fine movie, a you fine know, movie. Biggie Man, whatever. But I think this movie just is – this is better, and this yes. was a good choice. Dawn of the Dead, the 1978 version, not the Zack Snyder version. George <laughs> Romero is the king of zombies, and this movie – takes everything that was great about the original Night of the Living Dead and refines it and adds more political social commentary on there and just makes for one hell of a movie. (laughs) It's a good movie. I kind of feel about this one the same way you feel about The Exorcist. Like, it's fine for me. I appreciate it for what it is. Um, But this is a good movie. And I I think you're right. George R. Romero is the... He's the king of zombie. Um, this was really done very well. It took the the creepy zombie from the 60s version mm-hmm. and made it better. 
Mm-hmm. So it's it's a good movie. If you struggle with pacing, I will note there are like three different versions of this film out there depending upon the region you lived in. I believe the Italian version adds in more gore and some nudity and cuts out about 20 minutes of other superfluous stuff. So that might work better for you. That sounds like a good watch right there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the Fly from 1986. Ah, uh, Cronenberger. Oh, yes. It, it's <laughs> It's... This, this is that there's you're gonna have a couple of these on this list, and the, the top one should surprise no one considering what we've mentioned earlier. But right. there, there was a, a small trend of 1980s movies remaking 1950s horror and doing really like just disgusting, awesome twists on the material. Mm-hmm. And like if you if it wasn't for the fact that the 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 setup is the same, a teleportation device and a fly. Mm-hmm. Like you'd almost have to be say like there are two just completely different movies between the 1950s, The Fly, and this and the 1982 because they take the same idea and go in some very different directions. Yeah, this is much more horror gore. Mm-hmm. Just like I, we would watch this at my old job at like a we worked at a sub shop and this would go on and you know the TV we would watch there that like the public would watch and like I remember someone came in one day and like should this be on I'm like it's Halloween season of course and then I really thought about it maybe I shouldn't have this on <laughs> yeah the, the, by about the halfway point when he starts to deteriorate and then yeah. the uh, the lemon cream donut scene and all that you're oh. suddenly going mm, this is yeah. delightful. Yeah, so much just gore horror mm-hmm. in there of, of the, you know, just falling apart, you know, and as he just deteriorates into this fly. Jeff Goldblum, fantastic performance. Um, Gina you know, Davis, he's, though. The, the, yeah, this, this so is the, good. The thing I think that works best about this, and I don't think this gets enough credit, mm-hmm. uh, the love story aspect. Right. Like, the people are like, oh, romance, whatever. But if it wasn't for her character being in there, reacting to his slow deterioration and just, like, like the horror she feels over mm-hmm. him dying from this, yeah. it wouldn't play nearly as well. Yeah, and the fact that she has to be the one to pull the trigger mm-hmm. because he's he's just become this this like little writhing mass on the ground. He, he like you know grabs it with his mandible and like puts yeah. it to his head like finish me off kind of thing. Like yeah. oh, it's so twisted and so gross. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's great. It, it needs to be at the top of near the top of just about every horror list. And often yeah. I looked, it was like it was in the like low eighties or mid one twenties. I'm like, what is this doing so far down? I disagree with all of your choices if this is this far down on your list. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. I, this belongs near the top. It's such a good movie. Funniest moment though. Um, my uh, sister Bridget, who used to do stuff on this podcast, uh, she uh, saw the movie in theaters with the my sisters. And, you know, he gets into the pod and the fly flies in and then they transport and then pod opens up and the the gas releases and he steps out and he looks the same. But she screamed in the theater, my God, his eyes. And the entire theater just died laughing. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> can't, I can't not think that every time. My God, his eyes. And it's just Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Halloween. 1978 not any of the remakes not any of the sequels we've discussed Mm -hmm. this movie before but it has to be near the top because it like it wasn't the start of the slasher genre we can point at black christmas we can point at some other ones but as far as slashers as we know them as far as slashers that are truly scary and have the certain beats and do everything you expect a slasher to do that starts at halloween yeah i mean this is a movie that 
you know, molded what this mm-hmm. kind of genre will become moving forward for the next 45 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it does it so well. The body count is not very high. The, yeah. the gore is not very high. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things that other movies had done after this that, you know, you could say whatever air quote is better, but they never could hold a candle to how good this was. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis, the original stream, Scream Queen, put on the, the performance of a lifetime. Uh, and it just the, the only flaw in this movie for me, and it's not even a flaw in the movie. It's just a funny little um, like urban legend quip is it sets it's set in Haddonfield, Illinois. If you look, all of the cars have California license plates. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's a fun. Yeah, I don't know how they missed that one. It is the only flaw. And otherwise, what is a perfectly done horror movie? <laughs> I like that. But it is it is it, it it's. You watch it, and it's it's that same thing we had when we were talking about A Quiet Place. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of violence in it for the first two-thirds of the movie. But what's important is this building sense of dread. Yeah. And it is, it, it's, I mean, honestly, Quiet Place is a good re- uh, reference to it. Because it's, you know, lots of empty streets, lots of quiet moments, lots of just letting the music carry the film. It's mm-hmm. it's all about mood. Yeah, that that theme, that doom, 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 yes, boom. like it just you can still feel that, mm-hmm. you know, for as a like from when you saw it as a kid. Like mm-hmm. I hear that that sound and that tone means Halloween for me. It does, you know, and, and it comes from this movie of mm-hmm. the same name. It's just it's so perfect. Yep. And then finally, my personal favorite for any horror movie list because it is just so out there and so brutal and over the top and so good. Mm-hmm in all respects, is Mm -hmm. The Thing from 1982. This would be number one on my list also, by the way, just so you know. This is, is, if Halloween is the perfect horror movie, this is just like close to being just the perfect movie in general. Mm -hmm. It's so very good. Mm -hmm. It it has so many good moments, but the thing is, it it knows, it's John Carpenter. I mean, look at that. John Carpenter's the top two on this list. (laughs) Go figure. I don't think either of us would debate that point at all, honestly. Nope. No, nope. um, but he has a sense of how to build dread of like the dog comes running in, the helicopter follows and then the helicopter explodes and they take the dog and they put the dog in there. But then they just kind of let the dog do its thing so that when the alien bursts out of it, like it takes a while for them to realize. But you're sitting there going, um, something feels wrong here. And then yeah. and then the grotesqueness happens and then it happens again. And there was mm-hmm. a, I've, I've told this before, I'm pretty sure on the podcast, but there was a moment where I was watching this with friends and they do the 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 guy has a heart attack and they have to go and yes. uh, pump his heart with the the paddles and mm-hmm. then like the chest opens up and eats his arms the paddle guy the doctor mm-hmm. and then like while they're spraying him down with fire his head crawls off and skitters across the floor like a spider and my friend's wife was like nope i'm out i'm out and she just <laughs> leaves the room at that point and that's and the thing is that's the halfway point of the movie. Yeah. That's when the aliens finally revealed and you start to see the things they can do. There's still another half of the movie of building dread and like not knowing who to trust and who could be a thing. It is mm. it's masterfully done. And it's a such a pity that like everyone hated it when it came out. It really is. Like we we've talked a few times about, mm-hmm. you know, some films on these lists that have been lacking in what you would call pacing. Yes. This is pacing Pure done pacing. fucking perfectly. Yes. Every time you feel like you've got a feel <laughs> on what's going on, something else triggers yep. to make you not comfortable again the entire yep. time. Yep. The first time I saw this movie, I, it was, as a kid, it was uh, on like middle of the day, 
like on like whatever TBS or whatever. I did not know how gory <laughs> this was. So I saw it later on in life at like three o'clock in the morning on like FX. And I'm like, is this the same movie? This is so much better. Yes. Yes. And it's again, it's that thing of taking a 1950s movie that was kind of only okay. There are some good moments in the thing yeah. from outer space from 1950. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. Something like that. It's, it's, fine. Fine. it's slow. It's it's fifties pacing. Uh, it's fifty <laughs> standards for horror. They can only do so much. There are some moments in it that are good. That moment where they actually like try to set the monster on fire and kill it. And you're mm. sitting there going, "My God, they just set a dude on an actual fire because there's no yeah. other way to do that." Like moments like that work, but it's slow. It's so slow. It, it is not this movie. That's it is sure. not this movie. Not at all. <laughs> it's uh, again like we were speaking up with the fly. A night and day difference that just works. Yeah, and like the the McCready's line of like you know nobody trusts anybody anymore. Like you were in fucking Antarctica with like twelve guys, and any one of you could be the thing. There's there's theory videos on that you can still watch this day about who was taken first by the Mm -hmm. thing, who was the first Mm -hmm. one, and whatnot, and like you know breaking it down frame by frame, like who's the dog go to in the shadows, like all kinds of crazy shit. The movie's so good; it is the number one horror movie on my list i would put on there but i didn't choose some different ones it's it's perfection incarnate as a movie it's so good so good so there you go there is our list our 30 ish um yeah. films that we 20, 26. 26 26 26 because we added another one that uh just on the fly i can't remember which one but yeah so 27 ish um, the fly i see what you did <laughs> Uh, but no, so that these are the ones, and we recommend you go watch all of them, right? Yeah, now. like for sure. drop everything you're doing just this whole weekend. Just go watch yep. all of them right now. So you got a month. Do your homework. <laughs> Halloween's coming soon, kitties. <laughs> and with that, this has been not so live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein, and I'm the Crypt Keeper now. Apparently, my kids. <laughs> it's only during horror times, but that's a lot of us <laughs> right now. And we will see you all next time.